Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we're going to have baseball this year. I just got an ESPN notification on my phone as we were as we were doing our pre-podcast ritual of laughing and talking the entire time, saying the MLB owners vote to proceed with the 2020 season under March agreement. I don't even know what the hell that is. Ask MLB Players Association if players can report to – I lost it. Um, <laughs> yeah, July 1st. There you go. That's crazy because – what is today? The 22nd. Earlier today, the uh, Players Association, what they declined the owner's offer. It was like first 60, it was, it it was 60, 60 games. games. That's yeah. why I'm confused here. But And then, well, um, and the vote was 33 to 5 or something like that. The, the players declined it, which is crazy. That's like, uh-huh. that, that to me is just like the whole league is basically like, nah, we're good. Um but Rob Manfred finally stepped in. He grew a pair of nuts and he stepped in and said, look, you know, because if you realize everything that's been going on has really nothing to do with Rob Manfred. It's just that he's sat around and did dick since this has started, but it's really between the owners and the players association. So now he's finally stepping in and just putting a mandate and being like, look, 60 game season, let's go like stop with the bullshit. So I'm, it's not official yet, but I'm happy to hear about it. I also feel like the players are just going to deny every um, offer that gets thrown at them just because they want to prove a point at this point. So it's kind of good that he's stepping in and saying we're doing this right now. 60 games, though, is a little short, to be honest with you. Yeah, like we were saying last episode, it's like how could you even see who's a contender 60 games into the season? I don't you know, even think like, we can talk about this shit anymore. We talk about it every episode. They're so yeah. dumb. They're <laughs> no, let's just – Let's just end it on a little bit of uh, – let's end the MLB segment, if you could even call this that, on just a little bit of a good note. It looks like we will be having baseball this year. We'll be having disgraced MLB baseball this year. So, I yeah, think that's good. We'll just end it on that. Hopefully we see the start to that. Peter, I do want to open up, though, uh, the whole episode eight of the podcast with mentioning that uh, my wonderful co-host here bought a brand-new car. It's the most decked-out thing I've ever seen. The anchor check was hitting good. We were making a ton of money. That's why I have glasses now in this video. Um, yeah, if you look, you know, I got I got a new hat. I got chains. Matthew has beautiful glasses that he may or may not need. Prescription, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, we got – Peter bought a new car, so uh, I'm pulling it up on the screen if uh, this makes it to the video side of it. It's actually a – I don't know if you want to tell them. We don't have to tell them. It's a little, giving away a little too much. You can yeah. see it. Though. I'll tell him because you know I like it. It's a saber color Ford Ranger. It's got black rims. It's gold. Stop trying to uh, be humble. <laughs> saber. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I also just want to take the time out to say, um, if you haven't checked out, since we're doing um, a little self promotion here, um, my lovely, very handsome, by the way, co-host, um, produced, directed, and produced a music video for our friend Sebastian, and. This is me being completely unbiased and everything. They both killed it. Between Sebastian's lyrics and Matthew's director ability and his editing and everything, he, he sl- it slapped. He did a really good job. Uh, you know, when, look at him. He, he can't even. He doesn't even. He doesn't even want to compliment me. <laughs> look at him. When when um. No, yeah, look it up. But when um, I was going to say something nice, and now now when I say it, it's going to sound like you forced me to say it. But what I was going to say is when Matthew eventually kicks me to the curb, when Barstool comes a-calling, um, I think he should 
he should just go into directing because he actually he has a real talent for editing. And if you haven't checked out the video yet, please do because it it's definitely something to see, especially in today's time with Sebastian's words and Matthew's directing. It it's really good. I'm surprised it didn't blow up more than it already has. Yeah, I appreciate that, Peter. I thought it was a pretty solid video. Uh, I love Matthew had such a cold like Instagram comment to it too it was directed just, by me directed by me link in the bio i was like all right just take it easy matt <laughs> like relax <laughs> no yeah i was excited to do it it was something different to work on but i'm ready to get back to business right now i'm on i was gonna say what's really important but that was important i'm just ready to get back to what i'm used to doing there you go so we'll start off episode eight and honestly this is starting off of wait let's actually plug one more thing can you stay tuned, everyone listening right now, to the end of the episode because we actually do have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, I'll plug everything and Peter will plug everything there, but you guys have to stay put in regards to the giveaway and uh, a couple we're almost of other there. Things. Yeah, we're, we're at like, what, 35 or 45? We're 35 away right now. We'll, we'll keep you updated at the end. Just stay to the end because there is some important stuff that we have to talk about. And uh, yeah, but uh, all right, we're back. I said episode eight 700 times, so let's just jump into it. <laughs> um, we're going to open with a better topic than we – who could have started off with a better topic? Jamal Adams, debacle. Uh, I think we've talked about this several times on the show before, but not really to the – Now it's, now now it's, it's like, prevalent. Yeah, now it's like no. really like – I just want to say that, um, you oh, know, I can't, I, I can't I, yeah, I can't like I, – <laughs> I don't listen – First of all, but, let's put a disclaimer in the video for anyone watching uh, yeah. that isn't a big fan of us. That we're both, we're both. I'm sorry, we're both huge Jeff fans, diehard Jeff fans. So uh, the Jamal Adams debacle, it it, it hits home and, a little bit harder than than it should. And I think we have a pretty good, like we're pretty credible when speaking about this whole situation because we've been dealing we're, with it virtually. And we're very transparent about it too. We we play both sides. We're not you know stupid Jet fans. You know, I mean, we're stupid for supporting the team but we're not stupid jet fans yeah but um the first thing i just want to say a little disclaimer on my end is uh make no mistake about it jamal adams is top three maybe even the best safety in the league i love jamal adams as the player and honestly wherever he goes i wish him nothing but success i hope he wins the super bowl eventually all that good stuff but this whole debacle has shown how how poor of a person he is how like how poorly structured I feel like. And he's just very immature. Like it's very prevalent that he's just extremely immature. That's risky to say, but I couldn't agree with you more because honestly, like it comes to a point when you could just see someone's like immaturity. It's just like glaring. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be more disrespectful. That's always how I am. But the fact oh, that I, I'm just getting warmed up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is like this, this shit has gone on for too long. I've supported Jamal Adams. Uh, literally since he's been drafted, he's been bashed by Mike Francesa, people that are actually notable in the New York sports world who have called him like waste of time. And I've sat there time and time again and said, no, he's not. He's, he, he, yes, he expresses how he feels a lot. We had McGregor Wells on the show. He said the same exact thing. So all these people in, in jet media that are known always have had something to say about Jamal, which is like, I understand his frustration, but I vote all the fans and myself and you have always backed him and said, yeah, he talks a little bit too much, but is he not back in the bottom field? Is he not the best safety in football? But there comes to a point when you can't defend anyone anymore. It's kind of like how when Conor McGregor like kept doing over and over, like you let everyone love Conor at one point, and then it was like, yo, this is getting ridiculous. He's punching people in the face. It's literally like that. This dude is it. He's disappointing. Like, like honestly, hundreds of thousands of people uh, that are fans of the Jets, and it's 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 sad to watch. 
that's really what it comes down to. The whole ca- also he's ruined his uh, whole stock as a player by doing this because if he just shut up and because he already made it apparent he either wanted to get paid by us or leave. Yeah. So if he and if he had just stayed put and stopped talking, then then he probably would have been shipped out quicker. But now who wants someone with that much baggage? You know, I, I also blame social media for this too because mm. Jamal Adams is a very He's very open on Twitter, and he's very he likes attention. On he's he's a yeah. millennial. He's an attention like, whore. Yeah. Straight up, he's an attention whore. Oh, like, yeah. But what what I want to say is, listen, you never really heard of players being verbal and being public with their trade requests and their destination, um, their preferred destinations. And that stuff. was the f- until until social media. Became very, very. I keep saying prevalent, but it's true. It's very relative, and and Twitter is, <laughs> Twitter manifests all this stuff, and it's just so unfortunate because this is just another star who has made a stink about the team that he's played for just to try and get out. He's just a crybaby, and you know what the thing is? It's not a race issue. It's not. It's nothing like that. That's it's the not. funniest thing that I've heard. Yeah, but, Oh. But it's not everyone says, oh, you know, like if I, I'm going to get a little controversial here and just say this, but black players do get disrespected like that. You know, we've seen it with Antonio Brown. We've seen it with Odell Beckham. All they're just prima donna divas. But honestly, like what can you call Jamal Adams right now? What else can you call him but a diva and a prima donna? Like we have all the facts. Everyone has all the facts and knows what's going on. Like what? there's no race issue behind this. He's just being a diva. Yeah, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. I actually agree with everything you're saying. I thought the funniest part about this whole drama since it's been going on for virtually a year was the fact that he, first of all, it's so fake when you see players nowadays say, oh, I uh, report from uh, Insider that Jamal wants to play for eight teams. We know it's Jamal Adams himself who told Ian Rappaport's <laughs> camp or Adam Schefter. He's got the worst camp, bro. Jamal yeah, Adams has the worst camp. This has been going camp. on since the trade deadline. They're like, oh, random inside source like Brian Clark uh, says random source from his camp. Jamal Adams has no, Adam Schefter on speed dial, bro. Speed dial. Like, he's yeah. like, yo, get this out of here. Like, yeah. that was, he's obviously him. And the funniest part about the whole thing really was the fact that he listed off seven at first, eight teams, and all, all seven of them all were the best eight teams in the league. <laughs> like, I, I'm, well, I'm going to find a list of it, but the eighth team that he listed, uh, I don't remember, but it was another playoff team. The so last, one, I think it was the Chiefs, the last team that he listed. No, on. no. Um, that was, was in the, the first seven. It was the Bucks. Oh, no, it was the Bucks. Yeah. The, yeah. the first seven were like, I'm going to find the first seven. You I know, know the Cowboys, the Chiefs. The I don't want to say the Seahawks, but it might have. No, oh, it was the Seahawks. It was the 49ers were definitely the Ravens. The Ravens, yeah. and then like whatever, four other contenders. You know, someone said goes, something funny. Oh, he, go, he they, goes. He they goes. Said, oh. Did you see what that guy tweeted? He was like, Jamal Adams forgot to mention he wanted. It was like the '86 Bears, the '07 Patriots, the '89. I didn't see that, but yeah, that shit had me dying. Yeah, that's literally what he did. He took the eight best teams. And how funny was it when they first go? Here's seven teams that Jamal will play for. All seven are contenders, maybe except for the – oh, the Eagles were on there too. Like, all seven of them were contenders. And then the next day we go, report, new j- team from Jamal Adams. And we're like, okay, let's see what it is now. Of Bucks. course, the, the the team that Tom Brady just went to that just got uh, one of the best tackles that they just drafted. I don't even have to explain how good they are on offense. Gronk. Yeah, yeah, like – and then the – Imagine him there. He is ridiculous, yo. Like, I've never no, seen an athlete like this. He's actually single-handedly made us 
and Jet fans around the world want him Which, out of. And it also it also makes us look very stupid because we've been Defending. and you could honestly, as a reference, like whoever's listening, if you go to our YouTube channel and you look at our interview with McGregor Wells, if you skip all the way almost to the end, we talk about Jamal Adams. We defended Jamal Adams with our entire hearts. Whatever McGregor Wells said, we were like, no. That is not it. Yeah, and we look right. really stupid right now. Yeah, but that's because, you know, that just shows you. He's probably, like, shout out to him. He's been in the game longer, and he realizes, like, that, dude, he just, like, he just reminds me exactly of the Odell situation. And it's just a bad look because Jet, the Jets as if an organization. Honestly, honestly, it might be worse because I don't remember Odell ever listing um, team, you know what I'm saying, yeah, teams that he wanted to go to. I don't remember Odell publicly saying goodbye to his safety mate on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah, this is bad. such Bullshit. Like, if uh, yeah, I now he's Joe messing Douglas up the locker. Right this is the worst. Yeah, this out of spite, bro, if I was Joe Douglas, I'd either not trade him and make him sit out because you don't want to play. It's prevalent. He doesn't – prevalent. There you go. <laughs> he doesn't want to play for the Jets anymore. Like, that's that's extremely apparent. He will never play for the Jets again, and we've all come to terms with that. Honestly, I don't even want to see him play for the Jets after all the uh, – after this debacle. I don't want to see him play for the Jets anymore because he clearly doesn't want to be here. But yeah, the thing is, is like, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm not – that list of eight teams, that's the teams that I'm crossing off. No, yeah, we should. But I'm you know, not sending him. I'm sending him to the Redskins. The, no, but I wouldn't mind trading him to Dallas because the Hall back, we'd probably get something solid for him as a Jeff fan. But, yeah, the disrespect he's shown us, Joe Douglas show right back. But I like Joe Douglas as a GM because he's playing his cards right right now. Uh, I, I think Ian Ryport said it best. Like, why would the Jets not stay afloat about this? Yeah. Listen to offers. And, like, they have no rush right now. They, they have the best safety in football. He clearly wants out at eight different teams that I know would be interested because most of them need safety help. I, yeah. Honestly, a lot of them did. Even, like, even though they're Super Bowl contenders, that just shows you you don't need a safety win in football. I had to throw a little sub out there. But, uh, yeah, like, I think yeah. the Jets are in a pretty good position, as weird yeah, as that they, sounds. They are. Because they have all the leverage on him. They own him for two more years, I think it is, without having to extend him. They, I read – I think yeah. it was an article. I think it was on, like, Bleacher Report Gridiron. By the way, I – you know, I could say this because, you know what, they're not fucking listening. Bleacher Report comes out with some of the worst articles I've ever read, with the most outlandish, outlandish bullshit I've ever read. But this one actually was pretty good. This one, they were, they were coming up with, like, trade packages and stuff like that. One of them, they had three separate ones for Jamal to Dallas. And I liked all of them. One of them was Amari for Jamal straight up. And I would take that in a heartbeat. Really? I would take that in a heartbeat. Number two was Michael Gallup and a first-round first pick. pick. I saw I like that. And then the third one was Lyle Collins and a third-round pick. And honestly, if they did any of those, I would be completely okay with that. And uh, I saw another one too. Someone was like, "Oh, if you trade him to Pittsburgh, you can get Juju." And it's like, uh, "Like, uh, nah. I don't really want Juju." And someone said something too. Someone was like, "If you trade him to Detroit, Kenny Gall Kenny Galladay's contract is coming up soon. Like, and he's I think he's still on his rookie deal. Uh, get Kenny Galladay and like a late round pick. I would love that. Kenny Galladay led the league in touchdowns last year. Yeah, he's a great big body receiver. That's what the Jets need." I I'm just so over it at this point that like he's done. There's I don't yeah. even want him. There's no shot he play football. I, as I mean, I'd want to watch him play football in the Jets uniform. He he's like I've actually never seen a player this like immature. He clearly has like insecurity. Like he's probably he's clearly yeah. insecure because he's like yeah. he wants to get like he's been complaining. He clearly doesn't trust. It. He knows his own worth. If that's all he says, he knows his worth. But if you know your worth, why are you so worried about getting paid? Like yeah. we told you we were gonna pay you. It just doesn't make sense. Football is a game about business, okay? At the end of it the day, it literally is a bit. At the end of the day, it's a business. The no Jets, one's a shit. The Jets said 
in 2016, it was four years ago from now, that you're up for an extension in two years from now, right? Why would they pay him so much more money if they don't have to right now? That it just doesn't make sense. Let, let me just make a point I, to that. I, also, I saw something no, no, that said the no, last no. two year, the last two years of his rookie contract, he's getting paid like six and a half and nine million dollars. So for he's getting years. paid, bro. He's getting paid. He's not getting paid what he wants, but it's not like he's making chump change. He's you know what I'm saying? He's he's getting I, paid nine million dollars in the last year is a top end safety in the league. Still. I, I I haven't really watched um, uh, Pat McAfee show recently, but I tuned in to just hear his insight on it. And I mean, obviously he's a player, he's very like player driven and was kind of given the perspective of a player. But I just think one thing that's getting lost in this whole thing is kind of the fact that like the Jets are just a badly run organization. And that's the worst thing about it all is that it like him doing this. Yeah, no, they're right. But this honestly doesn't even fall in the Jets and it's unfortunate because like, even if I wasn't a Jet fan, I'd be saying it's like, they're getting all this bad rep for it because like, he's complaining and they're notorious for letting big name players walk like Grievous and whatever. I don't even have to name the list, but this really comes down to just him being like uh, immature. Honestly, it's sad. It's sad that it got to this point, but at this point as a New York Jeff fan, I want him gone. I I said we should have, I was so flippy floppy with him because like he was acting like this in the last trade deadline. So I was like, we should just ship him out. He was acting really bipolar, to be honest with you, because it was like one minute, one minute he loves the Jets and he's like, I ain't going anywhere. I'm a Jet for life and shit like that. And then it's like, hold up, like I'm driving through a parking lot with my G wagon and I'm telling Dallas Cowboy fans that you know I, I'm trying to go to Dallas. Like, like what leverage do you have, Jamal? Like he's like, uh, he, I'm he played trying. himself. He played himself I'm, there. We really should give him out of the week for that because. Uh, now, yeah, now you just lost. Now, how does that make the other like, seven? How are you trying? Like, what are, what are you doing to try and – you can't persuade them to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Just like we can't persuade you to play for the Jets anymore. Him you talking can't more – them to trade anywhere. Him talking more probably puts them in more of a predicament too because if I'm Joe Douglas, like, I, I – this sounds so – like, he literally has all of the leverage. He controls Jamal yeah. Adams' contract right now. Yeah. So why are you giving someone a reason to not want to either, A, let you walk, or B, trade you to a team you don't want to be traded to. The only thing Joe Douglas has to say is, hey, I've got a top three safety in the league on a rookie contract for two more years. That's literally the only line he has to say to still make, to still get as much capital as he can for Jamal Adams. You know, you put personal problems and locker room issues aside, he's still going to get premium value for him because of his play. He's, he's amazing. He's great. There's no denying that. I just I can't wait to see what happens with it. He he probably will be traded. I I bet you they sit tight though, but they're in no rush. That would be my prediction on the I whole think situation. for our next episode, I'm gonna wear my Jamal Adams jersey just just as like a last hurrah. We should make a fun little Instagram video when he leaves. Like honestly, and you know how they do the I'm not burning no jersey exactly. Instead, instead of burning it, that. they like put papers over it. We'll make something I'm funny. Saying, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we should. Oh, Peter, I'm gonna tell you off camera. I have a genius idea Fuck. for <laughs> for we're getting too excited i have a genius idea for what we're gonna do for a uh jamal Adams tribute yeah but all right well, well i don't want to talk about that shit anymore yeah let's end it i was just gonna say uh bye bye jamal i'm kind of uh i'm over you <laughs> moving move on, on now yeah let's move on to something uh, just, another just, football yeah a different kind of football the right football actually um just getting into it the premier league on June 17th came back and it was, I think it was like 111 days or something like that since the last time that we saw 
the Englishman on the pitch. And um, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm not a Liverpool fan. Liverpool's running away with the league. That's completely fine. I just want to see I just want to see them play. And, you know, um, I don't know if anyone knows I'm a Manchester City fan. Uh, Matthew's a fake Chelsea fan. So I was just going to uh, say, yeah, listen to me. I like, I'm actually going to do like you knowing. So Peter's our soccer insider here, but due to Peter knowing so much about uh, soccer and shit like that, I'm probably going to start uh, watching more. I know actually a good amount. You, you do actually. <laughs> my favorite player though right now, because he's Captain America and I got to just support Chelsea. I have a good friend that's a Chelsea fan. And they look pretty good, so I'm hopping on. Yeah, their jerseys game. are fire. I'm not and lie, the jerseys so are fire. Okay, the yeah. kits. The kits are fire. And yeah. also, um, they like – I'm getting some reports because, you know, I got the Chelsea inside news from some friends that they're about to get a lot of good players, Peter. I mean, they have – they already agreed to it um, in terms of Hakeem Zayak, who's awesome from Ajax. Who's the other and guy? And then that you have Timo Werner. Yeah. He's coming over from RB Leipzig, so um, – you know, they got a lot of exciting players. To come. And you know what? I really like I really like the direction that they're going because they have a lot of young players that are playing. Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah, they have, like, you know, Pulisic, they have Mason Munt, they have Tammy Abraham. They have a lot of really young, good players. And then if Kurt Zuma ever comes back and plays healthy, you know what I'm saying? They need to get rid of Kepa Aretha Balaga, though. I really – they need a new goalie. Like, he's not worth – I think they paid, they paid, like, a world record fee for him, if I'm not mistaken. But Chelsea, Chelsea need a, a new goalie for sure. He just doesn't fit in the Premier League. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, there are players that play amazing somewhere else and just can't play in the, the physical style of the Premier League. So I feel like Chelsea was uh, – correct me if I'm wrong because I'm obviously not as informed, but my analysis on that, that club is that, like, they were pretty uh, – they were in, like – like, they were so good for so long that they were kind of stuck with, like, a bunch of veterans at one point, and now they're kind of in, like, the rebuilding stage where they got a bunch of young They guys. were – at one point, they were hoarding players. They had a ridiculous amount of people on loan. But now, you know, with the uh, financial fair play and all that kind of stuff, a lot of them – they had to let a lot of them walk. Which is good. They're kind of like cleaning house and stuff like that. You know, Roman Abramovich could probably buy the Premier League and all the Premier League teams if he wanted to. So, you know, that's, that's why he just kept buying players and stuff like that. But um, Chelsea are in a good position. I would honestly, like, to me, when everyone's healthy and playing at their elite level, the top three teams for me in the Premier League are Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea. Because Chelsea can be so good, but so frustrating at times. But that's an exciting future to have. I just wanted to throw the Premier League, show the Premier League a little bit of love. Uh, I don't even care about the results. I mean, we'll talk uh, more soccer too. I'm yeah. open to it. I, I'm like, I'm. This might be a dumb question, but when's the next World Cup or the next Euro Cup? It probably pushed back because of the strikers. Well, Euro was supposed to be this year. It was supposed to be going on right now, actually. But um, <clears throat> they pushed it back to next year, which is actually kind of cool because we got the Euros in 2021 and then we got the World Cup in 2022. So, yeah, well, when that's, that's cool. going on, I feel like we'll actually – like, who wouldn't want to talk soccer at that point? Exactly. I mean, that's where all the fake soccer fans well, come out. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah literally. I mean, but we, I think we should incorporate more, like our, you had said to me before. It, it's it, – like, I, I just want to say it's good to see, you know, the Premier League back. Wait, who, really who would compete with Liverpool uh, for winning the, the – uh, Right now? Yeah, no, like – No one. I was just going to say, Liverpool's like 22 points ahead. Oh, they're, they're resuming? Yeah, bro. That's they're resuming. They're I gonna thought finish. this was. See, I got. There wasn't learn. many. There wasn't many games left in the season, but they're gonna push. That usually what happens is they who's second? Who's second in that? Man City. They're like twenty something points behind. Wow, I didn't know Liverpool was yeah. that good. Now nah, Liverpool just got off to a crazy. I think they won like the first like seventeen games in a row, bro. So, you know what I'm saying? You lose one of those games, you're already three points behind. But uh, now uh, shout out Liverpool. I hate Liverpool. I'm just gonna just say that. You know, 
but my unbiased opinion, uh, Jurgen Klopp, who got hired and did a terrible job his first couple of years, but he really turned it around. He molded that football team into his ideology, and he has done a great, great job. He's he's awesome. Them winning the Champions League last year was a little bit of fluke for me, honestly, because Tottenham didn't deserve to be in the Champions League. I had the Hotspurs, too. I, I like so, the Hotspurs because they're the New York Jets of the Premier League. <laughs> but um, I think that's all I really have to say about that. Just I'm glad that the Premier League's back. It's my favorite league to watch. So um, I'm happy. Yeah, shout out soccer. Are they? They're also doing the fake fans, right? Well, I heard. Yeah, that. no, it's so eerie, bro. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> oh man, so I strange. can't wait to. Yeah, uh, that actually. Uh, we'll we'll move on, but one more thing I wanted to just add about fake fans. I bet you bold prediction here on TTL Sports. I'll clip this if I'm correct. I bet you the first sport that has fans come back is the NFL. I just have a weird feeling that they're going to do it. I think you're 100% right on that. I'm not even going to debate that. I think that is that is fair. They have a distinct advantage over everyone else. That they literally they're, are yeah. the luckiest organization yeah. in all sports. I know we're getting a little off topic here, but they finished their season, and then the coronavirus happened. Like Roger Goodell's sitting back watching our show right now, eating cupcakes in his easy chair in his basement. And M&Ms. <laughs> yeah, but no, 100%. They, they got hit the – the best i know that sounds bad to say but they didn't really get impacted by it much yeah. because the season didn't affect it and they're probably gonna start on time if everything's coming back now all right yeah let's move on uh to this new segment peter i'll let you introduce it because this is uh our genius content creator's idea go ahead so uh my uncle who i hope he's listening i'm gonna plug him real quick shout out uncle michael he works for abc god only knows what he does over there by the way i have no idea what he does over there it's just he works for ABC. He's retiring at the end of the month. month See, we, sorry, we, at the end of the year. So congratulations oh, to sure. Uncle Michael. But congratulations, um, Uncle. He Michael. loves our show, and he came up with a good idea. You know how we have biggest L of the week. So my Uncle Michael, he's I'm I'm gonna say he's gonna text me if I'm wrong. I'm gonna say he's 63 years old. So he's been around for a while. He's seen a lot of players who are great that fell from grace. And he texted me one day and said, you know what? You guys should do like a take this L Hall of Fame type of thing. But at the time, it didn't really make sense to me because they're not taking L's right now. And we're talking about the, the, the present. Yeah. So you came up with a great title. So I came, I came <laughs> up with the fall from grace. And this is his idea. So as a tribute to him, the first episode, the first installment of A Fall from Grace is going to be Mr. Lenny Dykstra. There's Nails. All... That's yeah. like, that was his nickname. Yeah, the, uh, this is a good one to start off with. I actually was really uh, oblivious, honestly, because I didn't really know. Lenny Dyster had a really raw, uh, shaky off the field thing, which is kind of hard to not notice from what I've been looking up. But <laughs> this uh, series, shout out, Peter. I fell in love with it like as soon as you told me. And uh, you guys could comment too, like anyone that you want us to talk about. Uh, we have several ideas for people. It's kind of just about uh, – a fall from grace, really. People that were it's just, really, yeah, it's really just great really players, good, great players that have dealt with a lot of stuff off the field, and yeah, outside of whatever. So, I mean, I'll let you start you off here. Yeah. Lenny Dykstra, I mean, coming from it's a good inaugural know, one. He's kind, I he's mean, a notable baseball player for sure. Like you said, like he's not in any Hall of Fames, but he's he's definitely a legend, especially a Mets legend. You know, like he's he's very well known around baseball and baseball folklore. And everything like that. And this is a guy, his off the field issue started in 1991. Like he, he was just, it was just bad. Like the title of this is 
Um, by the way, anyone who's been around for a long time knows that we did a video similar to this months ago called A Series of Unfortunate Events, The Antonio Brown Story. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got a little excited there. Um, so, you know, we read, we read basically all the discrepancies off of a timeline. That's what we're doing right now with Dykstra because Dykstra is just... He's got a lot going on here. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Uh, I actually figured out, Peter. I know we shouldn't. I shouldn't be talking about this now, but I should have told you this off camera. I figured out how to kind of do like a similar, like Jamie on Joe Rogan. I could pull up stuff, but I'm still on camera. So if you see the reflection through my glasses, I'm getting the how <laughs> to flex real quick. I'm getting the, uh, <laughs> the timeline ready right now. So I'll start right here. Um, the first, I'm sure that there was many incidents that weren't reported, but the first one reported here is 1991 drunken crash following a bachelor party. <laughs> and the only thing that's really notable about this that makes me laugh is that it was a bachelor party for John Crook, which I think is hilarious. Was his teammate. Yeah, and also, you know, the, the guy who sucked ass on Sunday Night Baseball. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know. I forgot John. Yeah, Krug. that's John Krug, bro. <laughs> I didn't realize who we were talking about. Yo, oh my god, yo, it didn't even hit yeah. me until now. Hold on, I need to take a look at John Krug. Bro, this dude. I didn't even know he played, yo. Yeah. I, hold on. He was pretty good too. This dude fucked himself in this car accident. By the way, if you look at it, Dexter suffered from a broken right collarbone, three broken ribs, a broken cheekbone, and a punctured lung, and his. His quote from the article that was written about it was, <laughs> I screwed up big time, I'm human. Right there, when someone says something like that, that's just like, I, I feel like they're just going to keep doing it over and over and over again. When someone says, I'm human. That's he didn't okay. even really feel the need to justify himself. He was kind of like, like, I'm human. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's regular. But, um, I hope no one was hurt in this, but he, that already, we started off bad. Uh, yeah. I didn't know John Crook was involved in this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, your mind is like blown right now. Yeah, because I, I didn't even realize it was the same John Crook that whatever. Yeah. Uh, what happened next here? And So we go, we're the same year. We're going to 1991 sexual battery charge. couple months. So uh, that's pretty awful. Notable that he retired the three years after this had happened. Yeah. Okay. So it's just, it's just he. he was, oh, no, he did it in 1991. Yeah. Um, but he was arrested for it in 99, October, when I was born. Yes. So, oh, shit. Oh, great. <laughs> great thing to be associated with. <laughs> but uh, um, he, was, he was arrested on charges in October 1999 of uh, he sexually harassed a 17-year-old female employee at a car wash. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and he owned. Damn, what a, what a savvy business opportunity. Straight breaking bad over here, just laundering drug money. Yeah, no, listen wash. to me. If you own a car wash, you're laundering some kind of bullshit. Sus. Yeah. If you've seen Breaking Bad, they're, you're doing some sort of meth yeah. dealing. I'm not saying that Lenny Dykstra was involved in any no, methamphetamine, yeah. but like owning a car wash is a little suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a strange business opportunity, yeah. But um, he was cleared of all misdemeanor charges of the sexual battery, but just just having that title is just bad. That's just bad news. Yeah. That's and I hope bad. the victims involved in that were, uh, I, I don't know. It's so shaky. I feel bad for everyone yeah. that was involved in that. This is the uh, really And it was one. child a nuisance that he yeah. was, that he, this was also annoyance. Annoyance. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, but he was cleared of all the charges. He probably fucking mention. paid them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be straight here. Come on. This one. It couldn't get any much worse. Yeah. I mean, he. This he one baseball was in its prime, by the way. Yeah. Just had to say this, but go yeah. ahead. Um, 
So he kind of laid low for a while, I guess, or, you know, he was didn't get in drunken disorderlies and not, not in front of the press and stuff like that. But um, he was on the 2007 Mitchell report. Peter, I wish you could so, see I, what I just read right now. Oh, no. No, on this. Go. <laughs> so he was, if anyone doesn't know, the Mitchell report was a report that came out of dozens of players who take took, like, um, illegal stero- anabolic steroid injections in their ass. So, uh <laughs> no, straight up, like that's really what it is. But um, this one baseball is prime. Like everyone was getting exposed in the uh, 2007 about it was uh, Conse- yeah. Jose Canseco, I think was it was. Oh, it was so many people. Canseco, Bonds, Jason Giambi Clemens. was on there too. Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit was on there too. A lot of, of course, people. you know, giving, it was a giving report. my Yankee fandom a good name by yeah. <laughs> listing all the Yankees that were on that. Literally, <laughs> uh, it was basically just a report that I think was done by the people that were injecting needles in, in inside their ass. <laughs> no, I think I read, but you were, what do you, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you read what I read. Basically, Lenny Dykstra was one of the dozen players named in 2007. And after, he admitted it too. He, he admitted, admitted his it, steroid abuse. Yeah, yeah, you definitely read what I read. He later then joked apparently when he was found guilty for the situation by saying, quote, I put HGH in my cereal. <laughs> But if you read human it, growth hormone, by the if way, if you read the quote before that, this is hilarious. Oh wow! You know, I was like a pioneer for that stuff. Great. Wait, hold on. Let me just. Great job, Lenny. You're yeah. a real pioneer. The juice. Okay. <laughs> I was like the first to do that. Me and Jose Canseco. So right there, you're just dragging Jose. Just down. ratted on Jose. He pulled ratted. Six, nine I mean, on Jose Canseco is a straight up <laughs> rat on Twitter anyway. So. But yeah, so we don't that, feel bad for yeah, Jose. That's hilarious, though. And the, he then the, said, I, want you, I didn't even read this. We're I talking, want some human growth hormone cereal. What the fuck? He said, we're talking about the difference of making 30 million or getting a real job and working, making 60,000. Do you want the guy next to you? Do you want the guy next to you taking them and you're not going to take them? Oh, okay. so he's basically saying like, why would I let Jason Giambi put him all in his arms and his ass? And so, so like, essentially oh, what he, good. he's just a piece of crap. Like if that's, if that's what I'm getting out of this. Like he's not remorseful. I do see that argument. That I do like, see, no, well, he's clearly not remorseful. He said he put it in his cereal, but I think he's making a good point that like. No, I understand. Yeah. But the, what I, he first said was like, get a real job and working, making $60,000. Like, all right, man. Like, you know, not everyone, not everyone is blessed with baseball ability, you know, like. That's just a very poor take on it. Yeah, you're right. But I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. I think he makes a good point because at that time, everyone was taking steroids. So if you're not performing, yeah. it's kind of cheating everyone out of a job. That I kind of understand, yeah. If you're not performing like Jason Giambi was hitting like a bunch of home runs like and they were juicing, why not juice? He just didn't give a fuck it's, regardless. Let me, let me give you this analogy, though. So it's like basically what he's saying is like, well, everyone around me is murdering everyone, so I didn't want to get murdered, so I started murdering people. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't That's make it right. What he's saying. I do see the point of it, though. I'm just younger, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure. just, yeah. okay. Let's move on, Peter. In so, four uh, years from from out admitting to having HGH cereal, he allegedly assaulted his house. Oh, he was assaulted by his housekeeper. Oh, they that worded is, that wrong. That is they, just, no, they worded no. it wrong. He, Dykstra's housekeeper, had accused him of sexual assault. Can we actually just leave it like that, though? Can we just say that his housekeeper assaulted him? Because that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I could just picture him trying to, like, run up, like, behind his housekeeper, you know, being all, like, creepy and stuff. And then his housekeeper just turning around and just beating the crap out of him. That would be amazing. But uh, unfortunately, it's not that. And what you said, yeah, it's he sexually assaulted his. So he's clearly got a problem here. Yeah, no, this is the problem. second time. But it seems as though he beat the case again because the prosecutors declined to file charges after the lack of evidence. 
So maybe why why only on Saturdays? I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm reading this here, and it says the article states that the woman that Dykstra forced her to give him. This is not funny. I'm just I'm I'm just gonna put that out there now. But what it says <laughs> is funny, where it's like that Dykstra forced her to give him oral sex on Saturdays, but only on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. Why did they word it like why that? Only I know what you're Saturdays. saying, Peter. We're in a very uh, touchy. <laughs> generation yeah, no, but i, I, I understand yeah it is why only on saturdays and i don't know that's a really good question no. well, right. you know let me ask you a question though this isn't the first time that the charge has been dismissed against lane dykstra do you think he was in the wrong place at the wrong time or he was definitely on some no shit? he's just a straight up creep and he's an asshole that's yeah. just uh, yeah. right. because if you look at the next one oh it's in 2011 okay so 2011 the same thing he was charged oh, he with sentenced. indecent exposure so Great now segment. it's just it's just clear that he has some kind of sexual weird. He's just he, he's just a freak. I, like I, a, I go like, great segue. Did he really do it? And then he did it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he did it. Yeah. No, but like this is now it's just clearly like a problem. He placed just, ads on Craigslist, uh, trying to get a, another housekeeper. <laughs> he was sentenced that's for Sundays. Yeah, that this is for Sundays. But uh, sentenced. He was sentenced. Did you mention that? Uh, in 2012 i did not yeah he was sentenced to nine like, months in jail that, and he, isn't that criminal just on itself like this is this is basically a strike three law almost like he got acquitted of misdemeanor sexual battery then he sexually uh, uh, apparently sexually assaulted his housekeeper so now it's indecent exposure and he got nine months in jail but if you look at his past you know what I'm saying? Even if he was acquitted on all charges, he clearly is doing this and you know he's not gonna stop. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. nine months is just like a slap on the wrist, right? I mean, I mean for reading extra, I guess it's a slap on the dick. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> no, reading some of this stuff well, speaking of slap on the dicks, in twenty eleven, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um he wrote a he wrote he he pot, he hired a an escort and uh apparently it wasn't a legitimate check. Um she said see, I don't even know how you bring this to the court. It's like Hey judge, uh, hey judge. It says an escort claimed that he bounced a thousand dollar check that he wrote her, uh, whatever. At, after he hired her to have drinks and conversation with. First of all, who hires an escort to have conversation and drinks with? Second of all, this. How who's, does it, who's paying an escort in checks? No, yeah, and uh, that's a good point. And third of all, they're gonna think we're like escort specialists. On this yeah, show. right. Yeah, I know. No, but like, it's just not common sense. And then like the third thing is, um. Like you I do the lost, deed and you whip out your checkbook. Like that's such a, that's not a power not, move at all. Like, I, what I is wasn't that? even going to say that, but that is true. I was going to say, how does an escort go to a court of law and be like, listen, I know what I'm doing wrong, but what he's doing is even more wrong. He's screwing me, <laughs> he's screwing me out of dirty money. So shout out her for speaking up. You know what I'm saying? But he's, he's on the, he's, 2011 was a very bad year for Lenny. So, so yeah, really. And, did it, and did it, get much it also says that this woman who who is an escort has a blog as well, too. So that just shows that everyone can have a blog. Maybe we get her on the that's show. Why we, that's why we have a podcast, because anyone can have a podcast. And it says uh, on her blog that she received emails from two other women who are not paid in full by Dykstra. So he's a cheap ass. He whips out his checkbook to, to write false checks. And he stole one of their credit cards. So this dude is horny and broke. So that's what I'm getting out of this so far. Well, yeah, but what's crazy is this dude was fucking ripping singles up the middle throughout all this. That's what I find fascinating. It's crazy. It's fascinating crazy. about all these, uh, about this whole segment that we're going to do is that these people are performing. I don't think people understand how hard it is to play at the level that these people play and to be this crazy. 
to be this fucked up outside of the field and still be able to focus up to actually play decent is crazy. Dude, being an athlete, you like obviously you know, and it's obviously elevated when it comes to like the professionals. That's your life. Like you're training 24-7. Oh, yeah. So to be this good and we got to do a Dennis Rodman edition and uh, that's all I got to say. It's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do a 2012 uh, conviction and a, and a Grand oh, Theft Auto Yo, case. This guy, honestly, like, I respect – This is like, like the most – go ahead. I respect his versatility as a criminal. Like, this is versatile stuff. Yeah, it is definitely versatile. We got <laughs> – we got a Grand Theft Auto case here. Versatile. He didn't pay a, a hooker 1000 and he said he I mean, would. Yeah, I, I uh, he's, he likes – Talking to housekeepers on Sunday, Drunken, on Saturdays. Yeah, on Saturdays. He drunk drive. He broke like half of his body in that drunk driving incident. Like he's pretty. Peter, he's, he's the cat with nine lives. Literally, there's another one after this that's completely different. But this one was actually a little more serious because he got sentenced to oh, three years peeped. in prison. And I just then, peeped. yeah, the next one. But he got out after serving six and a half months. This dude has this the best so lawyers fun, in the league. Bro. This dude yeah, has this the best lawyers so in the league. Fun. It's like you've done so much shit. This he pleaded not guilty. Be an L for the justice system. That yeah, we're, literally. That we're he pleaded here. not guilty to 25 counts, and then they he still. Hold on. He pleaded not guilty to 25 oh. counts after the police arrested him in 2011, and they still found coke, XC, and and HGH cereal. So this so this dude was still eating HGH cereal way after he was playing. It probably became a lifestyle for him. But regardless, he was only in prison for six and a half months for all this shit. Insane. Has the best lawyers in the league somehow. I don't know. Johnny Cochran came back to life. Represented yeah. Lenny Dykstra. Literally. And like you just said, this versatile criminal that he is, he then was in a federal <laughs> bankruptcy case. This dude's honestly like, – This one should, was the should most be goaded criminal. Yeah, we should do yeah. goaded criminal edition. <laughs> we should do like a reverse goaded for people that have done stuff that's so awful that it's so like noteworthy. But no, this one is – This is a pretty big one. Yeah, I, I see Wayne Gretzky's name in here. So I'm just going to read from there and see what that's all going on. It says, Dykstra has listed assets of $24.6 and overall debt of 30 How do you accumulate $37 million in debt, including a California mansion that, oh, that he purchased? Oh, uh, yeah. NFL. I was going to say, what did Wayne do? NHL, Wayne Gretzky. That was valued at $18.5 But how do you accrue so much debt, like, when is there a point where it's like, you know what? Like, the funds have run out. Like, <laughs> let me just stop. How do you – oh, God, that's yeah, this insane, bro. There that comes a point insane. where it becomes a little sad. Like, uh, yeah, we – Okay, we mentioned- so, this, so this dude I'm, – I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm reading now. His prison time, he really does have the, the GOAT lawyers, bro. His prison term ran concurrently with the three-year sentence. So he basically served two crimes at the same time. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and there were serious crimes. Also, one thing I want to mention, this video, uh, I just want to say, this video is obviously satire. It's starting to get a little more serious as we, like, go into it. I don't know if you guys saw our Antonio Brown video, but uh, it's strictly just for satire, and we're just uh, kind of having a laugh we're just about taking it. taking the piss, yeah. Yeah, but there comes a point where it's, like, not anything to joke about anymore, and yeah. I feel like it, and he was doing this since he was playing in the league, and now it's 2012 up to the timeline that we're leading. He's got a he's serious get, problem. Yeah, he's got a serious problem. But he and, stayed out – go ahead. I was gonna say he stayed out of trouble for a little while, but then. But yeah, then in three years from when he got bro, out of jail, there are some white bro. There are some wild names in this article that aren't Lenny Dykstra. I'm just gonna read this entire thing because it's very short. Yeah, go ahead. Dykstra was accused of stealing fifty thousand dollars in jewelry from Brett Rossi, a porn star who had been engaged to Charlie Sheen. 
TMZ, of course he was, <laughs> uh, she was, DMZ Sports reports in 2015. Rossi told DMZ that Dykstra offered to help her sell jewelry. Why? Okay. And she could be partially to blame. Except for a pair of diamond earrings. Rossi said that the earrings that she, she got she, back were She fake. could be partially to blame, too. This dude finessed her. He said, There's two things I want to say. How does, how does Charlie Sheen and Lenny Dykstra know each other? And two, why are you trusting Lenny Dykstra, a so convicted felon, with your jewelry? Who does he know? Wait, hold up. In, it in says addition that, to owning a, a car wash, does he own a jewelry store? Charlie store? Sheen's, I guess, ex-fiance. Yeah, because he's got told, like 17 of them. Yeah, told TMZ that Dykstra, so Dykstra went up to her and goes, yeah, listen, I could help <laughs> you sell all your jewelry, but you have to give me all your money for it. <laughs> and then he goes he goes but i'll let you keep your own diamond earring so he's basically like hey 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 uh brett brett barossi you see all your uh diamonds and all your watches and that charlie bought you and everything and she's like yeah here i'll sell all of it for you you give me all the money for it but you could keep your diamond earrings that's what you could do that's what he did yeah like oh how gracious thank but you but then then he then rossi claims that the earrings that he said that she could keep were fake <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that the one thing he got she, nothing out of this yeah damn yo if you it's actually so sad to see what he looks like when he scrolls. i know yo, dude it's like it, it, it's funny but it's like so not like he just look he tell me not he looks like gordon ramsay in that picture yeah and the one before the which one the mugshot oh, yeah, uh, yeah the, the mugshot he looks like gordon ramsay bro yeah, he looks cracked out in this mugshot he in 2018 he was indicted on oh my god on drug and terrorist <laughs> terroristic threat charges bro this man must be the most versatile criminal of all time yeah no this is crazy body camera footage from the night of the may incident shows dykstra and the uber driver were scared of the other the arguments i think it was an uber driver the argument started when dykstra requested a change in destination and the driver refused so what did he do he threatened to kill him pointed a weapon out at his head and he said, all right, I'll take you there. And then he, the, the Uber driver was smart. He drove him to the police headquarters. <laughs> he goes, all right, we'll go to I your mean, destination. Listen, he's, he's at fault too, because with all these crimes, he should know where the police headquarters is. Well, that was the terroristic charge. But when they ran like a DNA, whatever, they found two counts of possession for controlled substance Jesus in his body. One of them was Christ. Coke. And I said, this dude runs car washes. I didn't want to claim he was on methamphetamine, but it's actually proven that he was methed out in 2018. So oh yeah, we got one more. One, the last one that this we is have kind here, of current, yeah. Yeah, the last one we have here it says it's not really a crime. It's just saying that we are afraid. His neighbor says, and see, this is sad because now not only I mean a lot of his crimes do affect other people, but now it's really like it's affecting these people's day to day lives. Where like, you know, what I'm saying that he's he's been in a scuffle in the front lawn. He's been over he overdosed twice. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you're dragging other people into it and you're ruining their lives. I hope he's good now. We we really haven't heard much haven't heard of an much update since him, 28, 2019, which is the last notable thing when his neighbor said it's clearly not good and they're fear they're scared of him. It's just sad because like that sounds like something you hear from just some random dude and like this dude was uh, literally playing top tier baseball for the New York Mets at one point. Like yeah. So I hope everything's good now. I hope he I got the right help that because that was really great the way that you said that. So yeah, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Um. Like I mentioned before, we don't want to make fun of anyone in this topic, but it's just we're trying to have fun. We're doing satire with it, and it's all in fun. We know that these incidents are serious and stuff like that. I, we're we're both aware of that, and 
yeah. Peter and I both go through all the same stuff that regular human beings go through. So this is all in fun. We will drop more episodes of this, right, Peter? I love this shit. I thought yeah. it was good. Thank you. I appreciate that. that yeah, I, I do like I do like informing people on, you know, because they might look at someone like Lenny Dykstra now and be like, oh, well, that guy's a piece of shit. But you know what? Like, he was a great baseball player at one point, and I, I feel like their stories do need to be told. You know, I mean, like, you need to know the full backstory behind it. But uh, that's just how I assess people. I character assess by knowing their full backstory. So it takes me a, a while to, to get to know someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great inaugural episode. And Thank you. Um, let's move on to the next topic, Peter. Uh, so we our uh, second yeah, installment. We have our second installment of Goaded. And this is nice. See, like, you know, we take the piss a lot. But this is really nice. Both of these guys here, we have two. We have a two-for-one special. For goaded, it's Titus O'Neil. It's a very random Titus O'Neil and Nelson Cruz. Yeah, we're not so, just going to talk uh, controversy and all that stuff and all the negative things that go on. We are going to give some people some try to use the platform to be nice and uh, show people that yes, they've been doing a good job. Absolutely. So both both of these guys, um, I'll, I want to talk about Titus first, but you know, no, they were both nominated for the uh, Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award, which is like a great honor. You know, it's like Walter Payton Man of the Year, stuff like that at the ESPYs. So um, Titus O'Neil didn't win. Nelson Cruz did win. I'll get to Nelson Cruz in a minute. But I'm the, you know, I'm a WWE guy. I don't know if you are, but I know Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil is like an average at best wrestler. But um, what I think he's done in the past couple of years, WWE is a very racially troubled company you know, between segments that they ran, between mistreating um, wrestlers, everything like that. You know, they had, they didn't, I, they hadn't had a black world champion in, in 50 plus years. You know what I'm saying? They just, it, it did seem like there's a lot of racial profiling and stuff going on behind the scenes. Titus O'Neil has taken his role in WWE from being an in-ring competitor to being a social ambassador and to being a damn good social ambassador too. This man is... Like, that's literally all he does. Like, he's still active on the roster, but he he's just there to inform and educate. And, you know, I'm, Titus has – I think he has two young children. Mm-hmm. And if, if I was Titus's children, I'd be nothing but proud of my father because he's changing – he's changing the landscape of a company that hasn't been changed in a long time. No, you said that perfectly. The, the, like, literally perfectly. The WWE, I feel like, has always been in, uh, like, a – like I, you, oh, obviously, people on Twitter have seen like the segments of them like saying the N word and like trying to make it a fun, a, a, a comedic thing, and like not even just that. There's always been racial things like throughout the WWE. I know there's athletes that have complained and uh, the whole nine with them. So that's a good way to really word that because he's taken that and kind of been like, I'm bigger than that, even though I worked for that, whatever, and shown that maybe they're not as bad as like everyone's saying it is. It's just a great thing to be doing. He, he really, he's a tremendous human being. And um, if you guys are in, like, you know, if you want to know more about it and all that kind of stuff, Titus is great on Twitter, by the way, too. I follow, I follow Titus O'Neill. Um, he's hey, always, get him on the he, show. Yeah, he's always there to educate and inform and really taken everything that's been going on in the world. And he's been turning it into um, basically a classroom. He's there to educate and inform and he's not there to ridicule and belittle and I think that's a great approach I'm not saying it's the only approach but Titus is is 
he's a pioneer in WWE. I'm just yeah. going to say that. He's a pioneer. And shout out to him. Shout out um, to him. One half of Goaded. And then the other half of Goaded is Twins. Who won the award. And the hitter who won the award, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, he's one of, he, you know, people, people, he's been overlooked his entire career. I feel like anywhere he's gone, just on like a baseball standpoint, he's produced. You know what I'm saying? He was in Baltimore. He was in Texas. He was in Seattle. You know what I'm saying now he's in Minnesota. I'm probably missing a, a one or two, honestly. But he gets better with Nelly, age. <laughs> yeah, Nelly Cruz is going to be 40 years old in a couple months, and you know he's still hitting 40 plus home runs on the baseball side of it. But he's a tremendous humanitarian. His work in uh, Las Matas de Santa Cruz is where he's from in the, in the Dominican Republic. He every year he goes back. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, like you know, oh big deal. You know, every athlete goes back and does that, but. Nelson Cruz, for instance. No, it is a big deal, though, yeah. Of course it's a big deal. You know what I mean. Like, I know. That, no, no, no. You're just saying what the other people were saying. But, yeah, it is. It should be recognized. And his work um, since the you know coronavirus, he dropped everything. And he dropped everything. He went. He's been living there for a long time in the midst of everything. You know, us Americans, we take for granted how good our healthcare system is. We have the best healthcare system in the world. You know what I'm saying? There are places like the Dominican Republic that are so close to the United States that have basically third world healthcare. Mm-hmm. And for him to take his assets and his money and his and his power, his social power, and to use it for good and to try and help everyone, it's tremendous. He's he's a fantastic human being. He's a great humanitarian. He's one of baseball's good guys for sure. And um, you know, shout out Nelson Cruz. I really like the fact that we took a serious turn on this because it's necessary to highlight people who are doing great things, especially during these dark and uncertain and weird times that we live in. It's really great to highlight someone like Nelson Cruz and someone like Titus O'Neill that yes, there are people that use their platform to, to be great humanitarians. All right. I'm not even saying a word. You bodied that. <laughs> that was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Shout out uh, those people for uh, Titus O'Neill and Nelson Cruz for doing what's actually right and making a change in the community. That's all I really have to say. Um, great job here. Great backstory. You. And you nailed that really quickly. Uh, I think we got two more things then we're done. This one shouldn't really take too long. Uh, who, uh, who, you know how we, we do the fun little, we did the fun little opinionated questions and stuff. I just had one this time. Yeah. Who you put here, um, who is the most over? Excuse me. Who is the most overpaid player in each of the four major sports? Assuming you're talking about the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB. Yes, sir. All right. So, what do you want to start off with? Uh, let's start off with a good old MLB because I, I hate them. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, yeah. Uh, any chance to slander anyone in the MLB right now? I'm gonna take. Uh, my pick. This is easy. I didn't even have to think about this one. No research needed. No, nothing. Uh, Chris Davis. How much is Chris Davis making? Chris Chris Davis is in the middle of a seven-year, $161 million contract to play in AAA in about 161. Jesus Christ. I had no idea (laughs) that Chris Davis was still making that type of money. Chris Davis is making a crazy amount of money. And there's really – I'm not even going to justify anything. If you're a baseball fan, you know how bad Chris Davis is as a hitter, and you know how much money he makes. So that's just utterly ludicrous. I'm honestly going to say one – like – Dude, that was such a good one that anything I say right now is probably going to be like uh, no, nowhere near to what you're saying. But um, the first thing that comes to my mind, like weirdly, is like Manny Machado. And like, yeah, although he produces like a solid amount of – he's had like 250 probably above and like hit 30 home runs. Like who isn't doing that nowadays in baseball yeah. for the money that you're making? Same with Bryce Harper. Like, I know it was the same year. 
Uh, let me ask you a question too. Besides that, is Matt Harvey still making money? Like that was a thing that I had to ask you. Matt Harvey's a free agent. Okay, so then that's yeah. off the table. But other than that, I, I didn't really come prepared with my MLB stuff. But I think Machado is like should be number one. I like that. I like that because like he's not he's doing everything that everyone else is doing. Like he plays right next to who Tatis, and he's if not playing better than Machado. That was a sexy way you said that name. By Tatis. Way. <laughs> uh, I just um, want to one one quick go. point before we move on to the next sport. Yeah. Um, I'm reading now that. So we're going to have a Bobby Bonilla situation on our hands with Chris Davis because the Orioles deferred $42 million from that contract to pay him between 20, 2032 and 2037. So say if Chris Davis retires tomorrow, we're still going to be talking about him Until 2037. 17 years from now. Yeah, that's that's actually insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hear that's some of this stuff is insane. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. I'm just doing like uh, my due diligence right here to try to get some names. I want to. Uh, you want to <laughs> move to NBA? Yeah, I was thinking that I don't really have one off the top of my head right now. Um, you know, can, go ahead. You know, I'm looking at. I was looking at a bunch of people and stuff, and as much as you could say, "Holy shit!" There are guys out there like Alan Crabb that makes like 18 million dollars a year. That like Alan Crabb averages like seven points a game and is utterly terrible off the bench, um, but the roster is so small and the revenue and the cap is so big that you can't really blame these, these teams for using their cap. You know what I'm saying? But I did find someone that I really think has been really basically didn't never lived up to expectations really. And is overpaid. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of bounced around the league a lot and hasn't really like had his like stay at one place. I pulled up uh, 20 of the most, like, expensive deals right now, and they all look pretty solid. But I'm going to hit yeah. you with one that's, like, kind of not expecting either. What about John Wall? John Wall's been hurt for a really long time, it seems like, and he's one of the highest-paid players in basketball right now. So there's that. Uh, yeah. I'm just – yeah, I mean, if you think about it like that, yeah, like, I see for me um, – Drew Holiday. When I see someone, when I see someone that's – Ah, Drew Holiday is a solid man off the bench, man. I think I he's making. It looks, looks like he's making twenty six million dollars. Okay, maybe that might be a little. That bit ranks, much. but um, but what I'm saying about 39. that is like with, with Wall, I just feel like that's a disappointment. It's a bust of a contract, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like when Wall is healthy, Wall is worth whatever he's making. You yeah, know true. What I'm saying like, but like, there's guys like I picked Wiggins because Wiggins signed a max contract of five years, hundred and forty seven million dollars. And then he got traded to Golden State. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to be making $27 million, $27.5 million until 2023 to basically be either a trade piece for Golden State or he's going to be – once everyone comes back healthy and he starts, what is he going to average? You know what I'm saying? He's making a shit ton of money for a team that dishes out a shit ton of money. See, I have some players here that are making a lot of money that's like it shouldn't be making. I'm just going to read off some names for both of us like – uh, Giannis is 42 in the league of like contracts. And then that's just to keep you like, to, so you know where it stands. Ken mm-hmm. Bazemore is only 13 slots above him and he's making $5 million less than Giannis. I'm pretty, that's not right. <laughs> um, what's his name? Uh, Teddy Rozier is, uh, 11 spots ahead of Giannis. He's only Terry making only $5 million less than Giannis. Uh, Steven Adams. Yeah, but, who's yeah, but gr- you know what though? You can't compare that to Giannis cause he hasn't gotten his real payday yet. But it's still ridiculous that some of these athletes are getting paid like uh, almost max deals. Essentially, when he gets, when he gets his deal, he's going to be made, where he's going to be on this list, regardless of what he, regardless of how good he, he plays, he's going to be making sixty million dollars a year. 
I'll make you. I'll do one more for you. Tim Hardaway Jr. made eighteen million dollars this year. Like, there's a lot of players like that. I I wish I came more prepared on this one, but like, I just picked the Brandon. I picked Wiggins is just because, you know, what I'm saying like a number, especially you carry that number one overall pick with you around too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you 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 got you you know he played adequately enough to even make almost thirty million dollars a year, and he's just not worth it. You know what I'm saying? And especially I'm also thinking about the team that he's playing for too on golden state when you got guys like clay that's going to get paid you know what i'm saying you got guys you got curry obviously you got draymond you know what i'm saying you got guys that are going to be swallowing up cat and you got to pay andrew wiggins 28 million dollars you know it's crazy that's a lot yeah uh <clears throat> i agree with you uh i'm gonna move on to one more though um before we go to another sport uh, Bismack Biombo makes seventeen million dollars a year. <laughs> I just found that right now. So yeah, there's that. Uh, NHL, I'm not talking about it all. So you hit that one. Uh, Marion Gavrik, right the greatest NHL player of all time. 2012 Marion Gavrik is a Hall of Famer. That's all I have to say about that. Go ahead. Um, my my pick is probably. Oh know, wait, first. by the way, hold on a second. I didn't even talk to you about this, yo. Austin yeah. Matthews has Corona. Yeah, that's not even yeah, anymore. No one cares no, about that. No, that's He's my guy. He's going to be fine, yeah, bro. Don't right, worry yeah. about it. He got to shave his mustache, though, to be honest with you. He right, fucked the ahead. corona from his mustache. Yeah, um, what's, what's your overpaid hockey player? No, everyone's going to be like, what? But hear me out. Carey Price. I don't even Carey know who that Price. is. Okay, Carey Price is the um, goalie for the Montreal Canadiens who has been arguably one of the best goalkeepers <laughs> over the past, like, 15 years, I'd say. But the thing, it's a Henrik Lundqvist situation with me. Carey Price is is making money off nostalgia. And it's the same thing with Henrik Lundqvist. Everyone who knows me knows you cut me open. I bleed red, white, and blue New York Rangers sweatshirt. You know what I'm saying? But it's the fact of the matter is, Carey Price, for a a sport that the top paid players make $13.5 million, for a 35-plus-year-old goalie to be making $10.5 million and being a shell of his former self, it's just not smart business. And where the, the Montreal Canadiens are all over the place when it comes to salary cap, when it comes to playing, you know what I'm saying? They're all over the place. So a trade or a cut of carry price would probably make the most sense. Um, but they're really loyal to him. And it's the same, like I said, it's the same thing. And Henrik Lundqvist is making like $8 million a year. And the, the Rangers are getting very, very tight with their salary cap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're going to need that money, but they're never going to do anything with Hank because he's probably going to retire in the next year or two anyway. But you know what I'm saying? That money could be used so, so much better other ways. So I feel like nostalgia gets in the way of good business decisions sometimes, or even loyalty gets in the way of good business decisions. So carry price for me. I mean, his numbers are still good. It's just the cap hit is crazy. Like this year he, and he's also part-time now he's splitting time. So you're getting paid ten and a half. He's one of the. He's probably the highest paid goalie in the league, and he's splitting time with someone else. He only played 26 games this year, and he was 13, 10, and three with a 2.92, which is really solid. But his save percentage is trash. It was like 9.05. That's really yeah. bad. You know what I'm saying? So like, and his and his cap hit. Think about this for a second. His cap hit runs until 2026 at ten and a half million dollars a year. In a sport that's like that's really so solid. he's gonna be making a lot of money until he's 40. Yeah, good for good for him, but like that's overpaid. <laughs> it's just yeah, I, that's all I'll say on the matter because I know we don't have a lot of hockey listeners, but Carey Price definitely a, a, a Hall of Famer. Just you know, he's at the, the twilight of his career, and he shouldn't be making uh, more money than Leon Draisaitl. That's all I'm gonna say. 
right. Um, I'm moving on last but not least. Uh, I'm going to do one right here because we could talk all day. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm just doing one, too. I think Eddie Jackson is the most overpaid player in football. Ooh, that is a curious choice. I knew wow. you didn't expect me to come out high. Why is he the highest paid safety in football? He's not even Because good. he's good. Whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Eddie Don't Jackson, say that. Eddie Jackson's not a top five safety, in my opinion. Like, I feel like I can name five better safeties than him. You're probably – you know why? He's a free safety. You're you know probably going to name a lot of strong safeties. You know who else is uh, well, name, overpaid? Name a better free safety than, than Eddie Jackson. Earl Thomas. Tyron Matthew, they're they're strong safeties. No, they're not. I would consider Tyron Matthew a free safety. He plays like a free safety, but he's a strong safety. Regardless, Jamal overpaid. Adams is overpaid. Eighty-four safety too. That's who, Jamal Adams is overpaid too, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's underpaid. Yeah. Eddie Eddie Jackson's definitely overpaid though. Regardless if he's good or not, we'll agree to disagree. Eighty-four million and the highest paid safety in football. To my, mm-hmm. we could both agree he's not the best safety in football. I'm no, not saying he's not, not good. He's not the best, yeah. so he's overpaid. But that's my. Yeah, I'm going uh, Jared Goff. Oh wow! I honestly, I, I'm a little mad that you just said that. <laughs> Be, just, just hear me out on this. This is a quick little thing I'm going to say. Jared Goff sucks. That's all I'm going to say because listen, four years, four years, 134 million dollars with 110 million dollars guaranteed. That's insane. No, yeah, Dak, about- Dak is Dak is hard as a rock right now. His cock is as hard as a rock right now. Looking at Jared Goff's contract. Yeah, look. We're going to talk about. <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is. Like you look at his rookie, bro. He's a product of nah, he's definitely he's a product overpaid. of Sean McVay, bro. Yeah, but that's what like, I was gonna say. He does he does like his stats weren't even good this year. No, but the year that they went to the the year that they bro, went to they the Super Bowl, the, they have one of the highest octane offenses in the league. Yeah, but that, the year they went to the Super Bowl, he was like, all right, but I'm gonna make the same that argument. Was his about first Jimmy. year under Sean McVay. Yeah, and he played solid. But what's making the same argument about now? Jimmy now Garoppolo. the league figured out Sean McVay's offense. Though. It, no, that's just because Todd Gurley lost his knees. That's why they're not that oh, good. But let's let's hold up. Let's talk business then i'm gonna say the same thing about jimmy garoppolo he doesn't do dick on the field if you want to be honest with you he's like brady but younger you already, he throws- know, you already know i'm not a gym i'm i'm I don't, I'm not, I don't fuck with jimmy g yeah so he's another overpaid one he was like the fourth highest qb in book he's the perfect game manager that's all i'm gonna say yeah. but jared goff for I, i'm jared just saying like jared goff is good how, about, but- how much is mitch trubisky making i bet you didn't he get an I extension he's his, no he's on his rookie deal oh, all right that would have been a good no, one no no the bears are dumb with a lot of business decisions but they're not that dumb Eddie but Jackson. um you know just shout out uh fabrice who i used to work with um he's a bears fan and he always used to you know, say that Trubisky's better than Sam Darnold, and like, who the fuck thinks that? <laughs> but uh, just a quick little thing there. But getting back to Jared Goff, um, no, that money is insane. He's making well over thirty million dollars a year to play average at best. Uh, I did I, like the, the short bro. You could actually, you could honestly argue Carson Wentz is overpaid too. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I because he got basically almost the same deal that. That Goff did, and you he basically plays the same way that Goff does. So. You definitely could argue that Carson Wentz is overpaid. I, don't get me wrong, not because think... he's bad. He's just like we said no, the same thing about uh, yeah. who was the the player we just talked about in basketball. John I Wall. said John Wall. Yeah, could, same thing, kind of yeah. like he's they're not bad. Prone. Yeah, but they've never yeah. been there for big. He's games, made of ever glass. You yeah. ever see that guy in SpongeBob that comes to the door and he's made of glass, bones, and paper skin? That's Carson <laughs> Wentz. <laughs> for real, yeah, yeah, but that's who I think is overpaid. Uh, and yeah, Jamal was, Adams. You know what? I, I, Jamal <laughs> Adams should be making nothing. No, but um, 
no, shout out you. That was a good pick, honestly. Like, I think Eddie Jackson is good, but yeah, he's not worth $84 million. But um, that was a really nice deep dive pick. I like that. I went for the glitz and glam of LA mm-hmm. with Jared Goff and his, uh, his weird hair. What about Philip Rivers? Do you think $20 million is enough for one year? Noodle arm? <laughs> nah, he earned it. Nah, nah, he, we can't even jack it. Yeah, right. shout he out. It. Yeah. He yeah, wait, that's, he's got a, a listen, he, that's, that's a huge that family. He's got a huge, he's, he's going to be playing until he's like 70 because no, but he's, he's got, got so a, many kids. kids yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That That's only dinner. We should do a go, uh, um, uh, a segment where it about Antonio Grimardi and Philip Rivers. <laughs> um, all right, Whose squad would win in a fight. Yeah, literally. Let's uh, let's let's <laughs> let's close before we get too messy. <laughs> um, all right, Peter. Uh, I want you to do what you do best right now. Um, all right, yeah. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat real quick. All right. Um. So basically, I'm um, hope I hope you guys all stay till the end of the episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty solid one that we just did. Um, all right, let's let's plug it real quick. So obviously, check us out on Instagram. Uh, it's, I I was thinking about this today. I think it's the number one place where you could probably find us at, or the most active. So yeah. it's at TTL Sports WW TTL Sports WW. Twitter's Take the Cell Sport One, um, and then we are we have the link of all trees where you can find like the a million links of all of us on youtube instagram spotify itunes apple we're also on a streaming platforms we're sponsored by anchor so you know the drill i always say that real quick but we wanted to talk uh, about the ticket giveaway we're 35 <clears throat> excuse me 35 uh followers away from giving away these random tickets that we promised so whenever sports come back to bring and you can still i want to add that you could yeah. still enter in it. it's still Someone an open contest recently. shout out them i saw that yeah they, it's still an open contest until we hit 50 that's when we close it that's when we close it. So we you got 35. Away. We're hoping to get to 30 to 850 by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get there a little bit sooner, but um, you know, then we we're going to uh, announce. I'm going to send out messages to everyone who entered. We're going to very tediously write everyone's name on pieces of paper, and we're going to chop it up. We're going to throw it in a hat, and we're going to announce it live on IGTV. So make sure that you're there if you entered. And once we hit 850, we have another surprise too. You know, we just keep coming at you with the hits, man. The hits just keep on coming, whether you like it or not. Yeah, we. I think we teased a little bit last time. I don't, like, I don't know how much in depth we got into it, but it's basically an interactive thing that we're starting to do, and we think we're going to take the industry over with this. Like, that's all I'm going to say. Um, especially with these glasses, now I can look a little more. Yeah, I was just going to say you could say things like that, and then that's it. Yeah, I think get the power glasses on. Literally, and I no, think. But, um, this yeah. is it, it's really fun it's definitely going to be interactive we're going to need participants so if you're listening and you're interested you know we ain't going to say shit until 8 50 so don't even bother but, yeah we'll uh, announce it in that live stream and yeah we'll figure it out I'm, I'm thinking though what is it i'm looking at my calendar it's june 22nd right now i bet you they get raffled off early july probably like yeah, we probably hit 8 50 before but we got to take care of some stuff yeah, but, you know matthew has to go to orlando and all that kind of stuff so yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we uh we'll figure some stuff out for a business uh, trip over to Florida soon. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, July, 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 we'll do it. We'll do it July and for sure. Um, yeah, we got a couple of exciting things. We got a we got a guest appearance coming up too. Um, you know, we got a couple of exciting things going on. So you know, thank you for saying strong. Just trying to make things more exciting for you and for us. Just no, I'm sick of looking at this guy's fucking face. So no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I fucking hate you. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, thank you guys for supporting and listening, and um, I can't wait till 
all eight fifty. Really? Because it sounds like you're you're really sad right now. So no, I'm not. I'm happy. Shape up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's a, I'm looking forward to everything. So thank you guys for listening. Thank uh, you guys for listening. Yeah, do it. My name is Peter Andresani. That is Matthew Garber. And until next time, grrr-